0: welcome to objection to the rule on radio free brooklyn Uh, my name is jasmine and this week i'm with my friends janet and matthew uh, we are recording this on Saturday, September 30th, which is my father's birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, and you are listening to this for the first time on October the 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the rebroadcast is Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so how are you guys doing?
1: Trying to stay dry. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to
0: say. Drying out. Um... <laughs> was very thankful to be in queens uh in my area we stayed i think the area was um well drained throughout the area um but doing good um enjoying the switch into autumnal weather yeah i was safe as well like nothing happened to me specifically and i didn't have to go out when it was at its worst but yeah it really depends like sometimes from one block to another like how these types of weather events will affect you but grateful that you know we're okay and you know our thoughts are with anyone who's still struggling or had to deal with significant damage because it certainly was a lot Um, so for this week's show for our local news we'll be talking about the extreme flooding that happened in new york city Uh, for national news we'll be discussing the passing of senator diane feinstein And for world news, uh, we'll be talking about the tragic uh, stabbing death of a young girl in Croydon in the United Kingdom. And for good news, uh, we'll discuss a Supreme Court victory for some of the indigenous peoples of Brazil. Uh, So to start us off, here's Janet with our local news story.
1: So the news story I'm going to be focusing on is from the New York Times. It's called Why New York City Keeps Flooding. And it was written by Patrick McGeehan and Hillary Howard and was published on September 29th of this year. All drainage systems have their limitations and New York City's is 1.75 inches of rainfall per hour. Unfortunately for many New Yorkers, the storm that deluged the region on Friday dropped more than two inches between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m and then kept on coming. The limited capacity of the city's network of drains, pipes, and water treatment plants is the main reason New Yorkers across all five boroughs suffered through flooding. And this probably will not be the city's last bout with heavy flooding, as it plays catch-up with the pace of climate change, experts said. The rush hour downpour on Friday overwhelmed 7,400 miles of pipes, that carries stormwater and sewage under the city's hard surfaces to treatment plants or into the nearest rivers and bays. The runoff backed up into the streets, causing flooding that swamped cars and swept into basements and subway stations in Brooklyn and Queens. The scenes of water rushing over roads and sidewalks were similar to those in 2021 when the Hurricane Ida inundated the city, and left 11 people dead in Queens. That storm was a warning sign, said Daniel A. Zirilli, a special advisor to Columbia University on the institution's climate and sustainability practices. About 60% of New York City has a drainage system that combines storm runoff with sewage in the same pipes. When the flow through these pipes is more than double what the sewage treatment plants were designed to handle, the excess, a mix of rain and untreated sewage, goes straight into the local waterways like Gowanus Canal in Brooklyn, the East River, or Jamaica Bay. But as the sewer system backs up, some of that untreated water, wastewater winds up in the basements of homes and businesses around the city, said Dave Bakken, who runs the Bakken Sewer and Water Main Service in the Richmond Hill section of Queens. His company was, quote, getting tons of calls from distressed and disgusted homeowners on Friday. He said he had responded as a courtesy, but at the time it's happening, there's nothing you can do for them. Solving the city's growing problems with stormwater will require a lot of investment in infrastructure and a lot of creativity, Mr. Zerilli said. A 2021 report from the city called The New Normal estimated that recalibrating our sewers for storms like Ida would take decades and cost $100 billion. Upgrading the system in southeast Queens alone costs $2 billion, it noted. In the meantime, the city has been working with federal officials to create some places for the excess water to go, other than straight into the sewer system and potentially into the waterways, said Ben Furness a former director of the Mayor's Office of Climate Change and Sustainability, who is now executive director of the 2030 Project at Cornell University. He said significant investments had been made in gray infrastructure, like large holding tanks and green infrastructure, like gardens set in sidewalks that can absorb some of the rainwater. Quote, it's a really challenging problem to solve because we have this uh, legacy infrastructure system And its capacity is being exceeded, St. Franco Montalto, a flooding expert and engineer. Quote, you can either manage excess water underground or you can manage it on the surface. Dr. Montalto cited an initiative at Copenhagen where officials redesigned streets to hold water temporarily. Certain intersections, he explained, are depressed or sunken to draw the water away from neighborhoods and to allow it to pool at a depth that is safe for cars to pass through. Eventually, the water runs off into parks and other green spaces. Upmanu Lal, an engineer and the director of the Columbia Water Center, said he would like to see more pumps installed in the city's sewer system to move excess water and prevent overflows. Canadas is- Agonafir, who conducts research with Dr. Law, said one factor in the disastrous flooding during Hurricane Ida was the accumulation of trash and other debris that backed, blocked the rain from getting into the sewers. Dr. Agonafir was part of a study that looked at flooding in the city through 311 complaints. It found that, quote, an appreciable number of zip codes, infrastructural complaints, were found to be predictors of street flooding complaints. And one way to address it, the study noted, involved, quote, improving the internal and external components of the drainage network to reduce some of the physical and economic impacts of street flooding in metropolitan areas. So I picked this article today because In addition to the immediate um, danger and damage that people saw around the city, um, this really...